Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. I'm back here with Dan Golinski. This time we're going to be recording about the young guys and some realistic expectations for what we could see from them next season. So we're just going to start with Dylan Windler and go down the list, starting with Dylan Windler. This will be his age 25 season. It'll be his rookie season. He says his recovery has been going well and that he would play in potential scrimmages this summer slash fall. Um, what do you expect to see out of Dylan Windler initially? Uh, I would say it takes Windler some time to get going probably. I would think maybe 10 to 12 games before he's really in the fold. Uh, but honestly, I have pretty high expectations for Windler. I think he has real high potential as, as at least like a key rotational shooter. Um, does a tremendous job shooting off movement. Uh, has kind of like a sneaky good handle as well. Um, can kind of generate space, especially kind of flying around screens. Um, has a really nice step back. Uh, has kind of an underrated floater as well. Um, and does a really nice job kind of um, reacting to defenders, kind of overplaying them, um, and, and kind of gets sneaky backdoor cuts in there. Uh, and honestly, is, is a really good athlete too. Um, and I think eventually by the end of next season, we could very well see him kind of starting at the three as, as kind of Fedor alluded to um, in a recent kind of article saying how he could have seen him kind of taking over for Osman midseason. So um, I, I think he's got uh, really high potential, um, at least as a, like a key seventh man or so, I think. By the end of next season, outside of Kevin Love, he, he could definitely be the Cavs best shooter. I agree with that. And like I, I agree with you that it'll probably take him some time to get up to speed. I think he'll be a kind of a rough defender at first, just yeah. never having been in that situation. But I do expect him to be at least, yeah, like you said, by the midway point. You know, considering that he is an older he'll be a very old rookie at twenty five. Yeah, I think but, yeah, he turns twenty four in September, but yeah. You're right. He turns twenty four in September? Yeah, it's yeah, it's ninety six. Oh, I got that wrong. Okay, well it'll be twenty four then, not twenty five. That was my mistake. That's fine. You're good. But um, either way, yeah, I think that he's got. I, I think that he'll show some flashes of you know on ball shot creation. I, again, I, I like the step back. I think he has a, a decent handle. I think he's somebody that you can look at for. You could look at Cam Johnson this year as somebody that he could kind of try to mold his game after. Except I think he has a little bit more. Of again that that on ball ability that Cam Johnson doesn't have, I think we could see him as maybe a, a thirty seven percent three point shooter in his rookie year. Yeah, it's playing again maybe fifteen to twenty minutes a game. Yeah, yeah, I think. I think. What are you saying? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say I think most of his minutes are gonna come at the two three, and I was just gonna say that I think all of his injuries are kind of behind him at this point. And I don't think that's something that we'll see hindering him moving forward. Yeah, I he I mean he played a four year career was fine. Um, hasn't really had any major injuries at all. Um, I don't even really know if he had any in high school. Honestly, I don't. I believe he didn't. So um, yeah, I, I think this was kind of the Cavs at this point just figured um, back when it was, um, especially considering he could play in scrimmages, um, 
due to recent reports. So, yeah, I, I would think he'll be fine. And I, I think, like, as you said, 37% from deep. Um, I, I think eight and a half or so points a game seems pretty feasible to me. And he's yeah. really good rebounder, too. Yeah, he has the size to be a good rebounder. And I think his success might depend a little bit on, you know, his teammates' ability to find them. I think, you know, progression from Darius and Colin as playmakers, you know, finding him in the corner or finding him off a screen will be important. But overall, I think he'll be fine even without that, just because, again, he's somebody who, if the ball's in his hands, he does have the ability to get a shot off. So, yeah, I think he's, I don't know if he's going to blow anybody away in his rookie season, but I think, you know, once he gets up to speed, he should be an effective rotation player. And... I think yeah, if if he if things go well for him, we could definitely see him be a starter over Jetty Osmond at some point next season. Yeah, assuming that Jetty is the starter coming into the preseason, you know, True. we'll have to see if they get somebody in free agency or if they draft somebody who they think is a starting caliber wing. I'm not sure if there's a starting caliber wing as like that you start day one in the draft right now, but yeah, I, yeah, you're probably right on that. Moving on, Kevin Porter. He's going to be 20 this season. I see him maybe this year kind of filling into that six-man role. Again, somebody who I think could start if Darius really, really struggles and you think that Collins good enough to play point guard, then you could see him slot in at the two. I think he's a little bit thin for the three, but if again, if he's playing out of his mind and Jetty's struggling, I think he's another potential replacement as a starter there. At small forward, I think that we could see him be a non-negative on defense this this year. Again, he's, he's kind of thin still. He needs to put on a little bit of muscle, but he tries on that end. And if he could, you know, as his career progresses and he learns more how to play defense, I think his foul rate will come down. We saw him have a 4.2 fouls per 36 minutes this past season. But again, I think as he gets more and more reps, he'll, he'll bring that down. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I agree entirely. I think he's kind of your kind of bench bucket getter guy. I think he kind of, I mean, I'm not going to put the expectation on Jordan Clarkson level production uh, kind of in that role, but um, I, I don't think next season, 15 a game for him uh, next year is really out of the question at all. Um, even though his, his jump, jump shot, uh, I believe he was sub 33% um, last year on jumpers, but um, Showed some promise uh, on in the pull-up game. Um, I, I think next year, I, I think he really, I think a floater uh, could really help him because Biggs will, I mean, the scouting report, they're going to drop on him um, it, it, in the pick and roll. And next year, he should definitely get plenty of reps in, in the PNR. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's kind of your bench bucket getter guy. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. It's it's hard to say with him uh, as a starter. I think if the Cavs got a guy like Isaac Okoro, um, he'd eventually be that starting three just because just Jetty defensively is frankly a disaster um, against starting wings. But um, even last year, I mean, Porter, the, I guess, defensive rating and that kind of advanced metrics were not great. Um, but, I mean, he had 1.4 steals per 36. Um, as you kind of touched on, he needs to trim down the fouls. But um, as the year progressed, he got better in terms of off-ball feel. Uh, and, I mean, the potential is there. He, he does need to put on a little bit of weight. But, 
I, I think he's I, he honestly held his own fairly well against starting three a lot last year. Um, but I, in terms of starting him, I, I don't know if next year is that season. Um, we, we know the potential is there, but um, I, I think he's kind of that six-man role, as, as you touched on. And uh, I think next year we see him definitely the one a fair amount just because he's his passing really uh, was a key positive last year for me. Uh, yeah. I just think with his handle and, and explosiveness and his ability to change speeds, uh, I think he's a guy that can really ease the burden on Garland um, in that way and even have him kind of as a de facto primary playmaker with Garland um, kind of more in a relocate relocation and kind of shooter role. So, um, yeah, I, I think next year we'll see him. I think by the end of the year, he'll end up have playing starting uh, kind of 25, 25 minutes a game anyhow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had this down too that, yeah, I expect to see him continue to make progress as a playmaker. And I don't know if he'll be your only point guard on the floor, but I think, like you said, kind of de facto next to, to Colin or Darius, I think that that's a role that he could really thrive in. Assuming that All-Star Weekend exists this year, do you see Kevin Porter as a potential Rising Stars candidate? Oh, yeah. I think next year, uh, definitely. I think I think that's, that's definitely a lock for him. I think he's going to be really motivated. And um, our own Mason Cole kind of touched on how him and Darius Garland both yeah. seemingly not being all rookie guys, I, I think. Uh, that's pretty safe to say just because of the class. But, yeah, next year I think he's definitely a lock for that. Cavs fans, we hope you love Cavalier Central. If you're looking for more great basketball podcasts to listen to, please check out these other shows from the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, and Beyond the Ball. Moving on to, we'll go to Colin Sexton now. This will be his 21-age season. He has said that his goal for next season is to make an all-star team. Next Again, next season. That seems like a large hill to climb. Do you think that that's something that he'll have any chance of making it to? Jeez, uh, I, I would say no. I, I think that's... I, all-star is a, a different realm of... That's it is <laughs> the depots of the world, and Trey Young is is more fit fits more that mold. He's just yeah. winning more, and the Cavs are not going to be. I don't see them winning more than thirty five games next year, and um, I, I wouldn't imagine Colin is is an all star. No way. Yeah, and looking at some Eastern guards, you you have yeah Trey and Kemba. You have. Ben Simmons remaining that he stays at the guard spot. You have Kyle Lowry. I'm probably missing some people. But, yeah, I, I don't think that that's a realistic thing for him next season. Again, we'll have to see. The, the scoring's obviously there. Do you think that the player making will ever come around? Or is he kind of destined to just be kind of that microwave, get-you-a-shot guy? Well, I, I think just based on the kind of pressure he puts on opposing defenses, I, I don't – Think, I mean, he's not going to really be your ever your primary initiator um, is a like a creator for other guys, but uh, I, I don't see like to me if he averages four assists a game, I know that's not like groundbreaking stuff, but 
I just think that'd be big progress though. I think that's, he's more than capable of that. And he just needs to be, see kind of extra passes more when, when that's feasible to the corner to guys like Windler um, or Jetty. So I, I think that's, I think we'll see that because we did see signs of it uh, leading the hiatus at least. Yeah. I still expect him to start definitely next season, even if maybe it's not a long-term role for him. I think he's, he's, he's a lock to start in the backcourt this year. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd say so for sure. The shooting at this point, you know, from deep looks like it's legit. Do you do you expect to see it stay that way, or do you think that we could see even just a small drop off from his outside percentages? Well, I think it's definitely here to stay, just because when you look at the numbers, um, I I think in his last thirty two games, um, which was right around when Clarkson was dealt, uh, he shot. Just under, I think it was like forty four point nine percent from deep, and the as Colin shoots with more volume from three, he's a better shooter. So I, I think he's, I think he gets up over that forty percent range again next year, just because I think they'll have um, kind of better chemistry with him alongside Porter and, and Garland and, and stretches that sort of thing. Yeah, and while I expect Darius and Colin to be the starting backcourt, I think that. I almost like the fit better with, you said, you know, having KPJ at the two and kind of sharing the playmaking responsibilities there. I also like him and Dante Exum together. I think Dante is somebody who is a really good front court or not front court, backcourt partner for a guy like Collins. Just somebody who can take a lot of more of the playmaking, who can take the tougher defensive assignment. Do you like, what's your ideal pairing for him as far as current Cavs on the roster? I would probably say Porter. Um, I, I mean, I, Exum's a decent player, um, a, a solid defender, uh, a heady player off the ball, but um, I, I just I, Dante Exum just leaves so much to be desired offensively, and he's. I mean, there's not much vision with Exum. Is not really doesn't really make things easier for other guys. I, I'm not really a big Exum fan. He's had had a really long leash with Utah and. Uh, he, he's a nice defender. Uh, kind of can I, I would think he's a solid kind of mentor for um, Colin or in terms of the defensive end. But I, I just there's just not enough playmaking juice from him. I just I'm not really a huge fan of him with Colin. I guess with Darius it's fine. Uh, as with Darius to kind of facilitate for other guys, but I, I'm not a huge Exum fan, honestly. Moving on to Darius, again, I, I expect him to be the starting point guard as of right now. He might be benched if there's a point guard that's drafted. Again, you know, looking at LaMelo or, you know, if we see a Killian or a Tyrese Halliburton, then that could change his role. I think anybody other than LaMelo, you're probably starting Darius Garland next year. He said he didn't feel like himself throughout the season, you know, coming off of the knee injury that he suffered in college just kind of was playing back into getting to be himself next season. Do you see a big jump coming from him? Yeah, I, I think he's, I mean, this this past season from a scoring perspective, obviously he left so much to be desired. And it's, but I think after, with him being fully healthy and, and kind of more fully capable, at least mentally there, I think his, I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to have, a, like a skyrocketing production, but uh, I, I think he's, I think he could definitely be like a 38% guy from deep. And I, I just think he'll, on the plus side, his floaters were really good last year. Um, I, I think 
this next season that, that he needs to be a much better finisher. That's definitely key. But um, even if he, his finishing really doesn't improve um, just because he is small, uh, I, I think, yeah, he's – I mean, the assist rate wasn't great. It was sub for a game last year. But uh, in the 2020 part of the schedule, he was 2-1 to one, um, at 5.1 assists, I think. Next year, I think that's kind of the number that I look at for him is kind of that benchmark for playmaking. And um, defensively, who knows? But um, I just think offensively, we'll see him a lot more aggressive. And that was a big part of why it seemed like he struggled as a shooter. There was just too many times when it seemed like he had um, kind of pick and roll easy, or I guess, opportunities against bigs and he had open shots and was kind of passive. And I think next year, just for him, just from him not being passive and, and more aggressive for himself, I, I would think 15 a game next year is feasible for him. And honestly, that, that shows progress to me. Yeah. Like I, I, I expect him to be a defensive liability next year. I, I don't see a point in his career where he's even really an average defender just because, you know, the size and the athleticism really just aren't there. But yeah, we saw him shoot 35% from three this year, and a lot of those were pretty difficult attempts. So I had him marked to reach 37%, and I think 38 is another realistic mark. But I really think attacking the rim is going to be huge for him. Again, if he can continue to develop that floater, that'd be good. But he shot you know one free throw a game last year. I think him getting to the rim and getting to the line are going to be huge for him opening up the rest of his game. So... Yeah. Yeah, he definitely need. Yeah, that's yeah, he definitely needs to get to the line more. That, that's kind of where I was thinking. But um, yeah, finishing at the rim, I, I'm not entirely sure. But if if he's fully trusts that knee and uh, kind of is just more mentally there, um, that should allow him to at least. And that's kind of more the aggression thing. I think if yeah. if it should just help him to get to the line more, I think um, that'll just pay dividends for him overall. Yeah, just the willingness to go in and, and, you know, make contact with another guy and draw fouls, even if he's not, you know, an outstanding finisher, just willing to go and bang into somebody on your way to the rim. Um, Is he another guy who you could see as another Rising Stars candidate? Uh, Yeah, I I think that's pretty fair to say. Um, Just, I would think, based on the minutes. And, I mean, this next rookie class is... It has some depth, but there aren't a ton. I mean, a whole lot of like locks. I mean, generally, guys in their second year, it's you're generally going to be able to be in that conversation. I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to have the year Colin Sexton had in year two, but uh, I think he'll just with like decent improvement. I think he's. I mean, I couldn't say a lock like Porter, but I think it's pretty safe to say. I just think um, he'll. The stats should be there. I, I would think the advanced metrics would improve just from better uh, efficiency as a shooter. I would think that's pretty fair to say. Yeah. Real quick, what do you think of the McCollum-Lillard comparison? It's not really something that I'm a huge fan of as far as, you know, what we could expect to see, like, you know, the ideal outcome for these two. I feel like, well, neither of them are, you know, huge pluses on defense. I think... Lillard's 6'2", and McCollum is 6'3". Both of these guys are 6'1", and just kind of small, skinny guards, you know. Colin has some athleticism, but 
not really a part of Darius's game that much. Do you do you see that as an accurate comparison? I, I don't really have a comparison for it, honestly. Um, it, it's just hard to. It, they really need. I think it's just key to get uh, plus defenders or at least really good team defenders around them. Um, yeah, that's why I just am so drawn to a guy like Okoro who really can honestly guard to a large extent a number of I mean one through three pretty well and I mean at least for a 20 year old goes and really is a solid defender against a lot of fours I think that's just a guy that would fit in really well um, I, I don't know I mean ideally you'd want somebody to have higher upside than I mean in year, years past Mo Harkless but uh, yeah it's it's just hard to say exactly who to they'd be modeled after, but uh, I mean, the Cavs want to keep saying that comparison, but I, I don't really see a career arc being in the cards for either of them to be at that level of player. Maybe Colin could be at CJ's level, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think Dame is on another tier. Oh yeah. No, the, the Willard thing is, is out of the question for Garland. I just, I don't see, I mean, at least Dame, I mean, early on, he was a little bit, at least a little bit thicker, than Garland and in Garland's build, he's not going to be a guy that I mean, he's more than in the realm of Trey Young. That you don't, I mean, he, a guy like that is never going to be like really, he's not going to look like Kyle Lowry. So, um, yeah, I just it's just key for them to get that uh, really solid wing, and, and they kind of just have to uh, have bigs that can at least be passers around them as well. Which I mean, Onyeka Kongu is kind of that guy too, yeah. All right, well, we'll go just kind of do lightning around through these last few guys here. Uh, starting with Jetty Osman, it looks like right now he's you know slated to be the starting small forward again. You know, again, we can see what happens in free agency and if they get someone who can fill that role. What do you, what do you expect to see from him next season? Uh, I don't really see. It's, it's hard to really see what the big improvement areas are for Jetty. Um, I mean, he's at least at least has good passing feel, but his handle is is pretty limited. He's not really able to generate space outside of like if he gets a screen. So I, I don't. I mean, I think that ten and a half, eleven point a game thing or expectation is fair for him too. And uh, I mean, he improved defensively a, a bit last year. If you if you look at the Defensive box plus minus, but uh, is compared to the year before. But it, it's just he just leaves so much to be desired against at least against starting wings. But I, I think he'll still end up playing, probably averaging over twenty minutes a game. Which I, I mean, he's he has good IQ, um, is a fairly respectable rebounder, but um, and is very good in transition. I mean, I'll give him that. But I, I just there's going to be guys like Windler and, and Porter that uh, I think it's, man, if they get another wing um, that really cut into his minute share. So uh, you just, you don't want Jetty Osmond playing near 30 minutes again. If you're no. so that's, I, I don't think the, I think like 10 and a half a game and, and still being a good catch and shoot three point shooter. I think he still gets about 37% of his threes to go in. So um, the Cavs should have, I mean, ideally have better spacing next year with Windler in there. So, um, yeah, I just, it's 
for Jetty, I'm not gonna. There's not gonna be an ascension for Jetty. I just I don't see that. I don't see it either. Um, yeah, I think you brought up that you're just struggling against starting wings on defense. I think he could thrive in a bench role. You know, coming off as you know, his defense progresses. Obviously, you know, as you get older, that's something that you just kind of you learn more about. Um, I think not having to go against that starting level competition again, he's he's limited with his handle. You know what he's going to do on offense. He's a good catch and shoot three point shooter, but you know, in straight line drive drives is kind of his thing. You know, you're not going to see a whole lot of flashiness from him. But I think. You know, assuming that they can get somebody to to fill that starting wing role, I think that he's someone who could give you a quality, you know, again, maybe 20 minutes this season, 20, 25 minutes. But looking forward, that could be a, a good quality 15-minute-a-game guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's ideally what you want from him. I, I, to me, I, I think for his career arc, I think eventually for the Cavs, I mean, this is – I'm not saying this is at all what will be the case, but – um, I mean, not nearly the shooter right now, but I don't think um, based on percent or eventually how it is, I, I, I could see him being like a Marco Bellinelli type. Um, if the Cavs are able to kind of turn the corner in their rebuild, um, just as I mean, he is a heady player, a smart player, but uh, just pretty athletically limited. Uh, I mean, he's he's decently strong, has a decent frame, but. There's, that doesn't really translate for him because he's just uh, not much of a – I mean, yeah, he'll get the straight line drives after hard closeouts, but um, I think he's – I think for him, what could he could improve on, though, um, which could pay off is I, I think he could um, – he showed signs of it last year, at least a little bit more in, in shooting off movement. I think that could kind of – have him more as a linchpin rotation guy, um, if he can kind of provide more of that. I think him and Windler actually could um, kind of screen for each other fairly well in some instances next year, too. Um, Off-ball, I think they can kind of help each other that way because um, they're both good cutters. But, yeah, for Jetty, it's – it's I'm, if you're a team that's uh, – yeah, I mean, 15, 16 a game is – when you're good is what you want from Jetty, not more than that. Yeah. Uh, we already kind of talked about Dante Exum a little bit, but as, as, assuming he stays healthy, I still think that he'll be the Cavs' primary backup point guard, and I think I think he can still be a player of value. Again, I, I like what he brings on defense. I think at this point, the three-point shot isn't something that's going to be a serious weapon, but I think he can continue to improve with that. He shot, what, 35% last year on limited attempts. But I just, I like the size with him. I like, again, just... Having a guard on this team, even if he's not a lockdown defender, just somebody who can play defense in your in your backcourt rotation, I think he'll still be an important player for the Cavs next season, assuming that he stays healthy. Yeah, I, I mean, Exum, to his credit, uh, defensively is solid. Uh, I mean, it's, it has really good instincts, and, and that's that's a positive for him. Uh, but it's just, just looking at uh, the last few years, I mean, for the Cavs in that brief 24-game stint, um, he shot just uh, sub-38% on catch-and-shoot threes, but um, was sub-30% the two years uh, following that. I mean, a brief stint in 2017-18, and 2016-17 um, was, um, I believe, shot 33% on catch-and-shoot threes, and that was um, a Utah team that had players on it. And... Uh, and which included Gordon Hayward. So, 
Uh, I, I just don't really. Uh, honestly, I think there's a strong possibility the Cavs bring Matthew Delvadova back too, just from a uh, an IQ uh, play playmaking standpoint, just for insurance. So, um, and coaches love love Delhi. I mean, I understand the shot is is seems like broken, it's rough, but, but I. Exum is not a guy that's going to space the floor either himself, and he's an okay driver. I mean, on straight line drives, he can kind of create a little more against in switch outs. But uh, I, I don't. It's just hard to say with Exum because he's historically had so many uh, shoulder and, and knee ailments, and um, had the hiatus not happened, he probably would have missed a, a lot more time. Um, so I, I just I don't really see Exum next year. It's just hard for me to say. I don't. I think he could eventually be traded, um, considering that he'll be an expiring trade piece too. So um, I, I think that could very well be uh, what it plays out with him. So yeah, um, it, it's. It, I'm just. I mean, you're you're more higher on Exum than than I am. Honestly, I just. I yeah. Don't, I don't really see it with Exum. That's all. My take. That's all right. Uh, moving on to Dean Wade, uh, I, I expect him to make the roster. I totally expect that next year. I don't know if he'll have a rotation spot early, but I think as the season progresses, I think that's somebody who we could see get real minutes, I, a 10 to 15 minute guy, maybe down the stretch of the season, assuming things don't go well for the Cavs and they just start playing their young guys more. I think that that's somebody who will show promise as a, a shooting power forward who is athletic. What do you think of him? I like Wade. I, I really would have, it's just the problem with him is last year when he, I mean, there were not many instances of it, but when he gets meaningful minutes, you, you see him kind of timid. And I mean, he's a highly capable catch and shoot guy um, from deep. And honestly, it's, I mean, you're not going to expect it gets NBA competition and he had injury problems in college as well, but uh, at least in switch out situations, if you get some cross matching off the ball, he's a guy that you can kind of throw the ball into, uh, and has pretty solid mid post kind of awareness. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think is probably like more so post trade deadline, um, or if you'll see some instances when guys get banged up, but yeah, um, yeah, I think he could be a 10 to 12 minute guy, um, as after a couple months into the year or, at least maybe earlier on given the timeline next year. But uh, yeah, I, I like his game um, really showed a lot last year with the charge, but uh, for him, it's just, to me, it's just being confident when he gets the opportunities to come to him. It's a good point. Um, here, we'll, we'll do Jordan Bell real quick. Do you think that he's a guy that makes the team? Uh, I, I like, Bell defensively, I mean, he actually, I mean, he's six eight, but um, and is more slated, kind of a small ball five type, but um, pretty good athlete, and uh, I mean, he's at least somewhat of a dive threat offensively, and and is a good screener off the ball, but um, and I I guess it just depends on to me if they do draft a, a center. Um, I think if they do that, I think he's kabosh. But uh, I think if they don't, yeah, I think there's a good chance he would. Um, just because he is only 23, so um, perhaps working with Kevin Love, maybe uh, in the Cavs do have a really good inter, uh, player development staff. So 
maybe we could see him at least kind of develop some sort of mid-range kind of short roll kind of spot-up shot. But, um, yeah, I think there's a good chance. I would say there's probably a better chance, at least for now, that um, I would think that Wade would get it looking back. I mean, I kind of go back and forth on it. But, um, yeah, it's it's not – I just think it comes down to if they get a big or not. If they don't draft the center, I think, yeah, there's a very high possibility Bell's kind of that rotational – center guy to, to eat, at least help Drummond a little bit, just because um, even for being undersized, he does have good uh, team defensive instincts and is a like, solid weak side shot blocker. So, Yeah. My hope is that say Tristan leaves and they don't draft a big, hopefully they can get at least somebody else in there that's a center free isn't signing. You know, I I'm, I'm, don't have a list of guys in front of me, but I don't really see him as a guy who cracks the rotation at any point for an extended period of time next year. I think if he does make the team, he'll just kind of be an out of rotation injury insurance type of guy at best. Yeah, it's, I mean, in an ideal sense, he could be like a John Henson type, but doesn't have, just doesn't have the wingspan Henson has. Yeah, doesn't doesn't have the shot blocking ability that he has. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, he, you'll see it in spots, but um, yeah, it's, I mean, his shot blocking numbers were kind of, kind of, bolstered by being around much better teammates on on the Warriors that uh, yeah early in his career so yeah it's, it's just hard to say I mean the Cavs could look at a guy like Alex Len but I, I would think that um, it, it's it's hard to say if they'll use the full mid-level honestly to me um, but if they did I think they'd kind of more look toward wings uh, I agree with that yes Josh Jackson who's been rumored to be a target so uh, yeah, it's it's hard to say with Bill. I mean, I don't really have any expectations for him really outside of playing maybe in spot minutes, eight, nine minutes a game, really. Yeah. Uh, last guy I have on my list here, Matt Mooney. Uh, he's on a two-way right now. I expect him to probably be another two-way guy for the Cavs next year. It seems like he's somebody that they like. Kind of undersized again as kind of a combo guard. I think he's 6'2", kind of like one. Is he 180 range? I, th- I think he's a little thicker. I think he's uh, maybe like 190, 195, yeah. so, somewhere in that range. Uh, he's, he's a guy that can shoot. I think, again, he's kind of in the same grouping as like a Colin Sexton to where, you know, not really a big, a big enough option to be a real two guard, but not really the playmaking ability to be a true point guard. Obviously, Colin does so many other things well enough to where he's still an effective player. I don't know if Matt Mooney's really a player who has a long-term future on this team, but I expect him to stay on a two-way this year. Yeah, I, I, I see the two-way as, as a good possibility. Um, yeah, it's uh, he actually is a, a pretty good passer. I mean, he's kind of more of just a natural kind of off-ball, kind of off-screen shooter, but um, he's, he's a solid passer. I mean, he has decent vision, um, can – make pocket passes and kind of initiate uh, ball swings. But yeah, it's, I mean, he's very athletically limited, um, pretty, pretty heady player, but yeah, I mean, there's, I don't really see much of a future for him. I mean, maybe next year he, he could play a little bit, but um, especially if Delvadova is back um, or if they draft a guard, I, I don't see any like, meaningful minutes for him really outside of like complete garbage time really 
Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have. Dan, thanks for doing this again. It was fun. Yeah, always, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So, again, if you enjoyed the podcast, please rate it, review it, do all that stuff, do whatever you do to a podcast that you like. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.